While Beauty Lab and Laser is a professionally licensed medical facility, the hosts of this podcast are not medical professionals, nor do they claim to be. The opinions on this podcast are for entertainment only. Please seek a licensed medical professional for all medical questions. Hi, and welcome to Live Love Lab, the behind-the-scenes podcast from Beauty Lab and Laser. This is Heather Gay. I am one of the hosts of this hilarious and heartfelt podcast, which was created by my co-host, Dre. And I'm the other person, so here we are. (laughs) Co-host and other owner of Beauty Lab Laser. We are business partners. Yes. And partners in a lot of things. Yeah, we're like life partners, like soulmates. And occasionally romantic partners if she's had one too many. And other than that, you know. Take you back home and scissor you. <laughs> was a deleted scene. A deleted scene from, gratefully deleted scene. How they're like, they just show your worst moments. Oh, no, 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 no. They don't show my worst moments. My worst moments are my deepest fears projected in a joke that is then taken seriously. Um, yeah. I would be nothing without Dre. I was going to sing Whitney Houston, but after trying to sing Adele last week, I've learned my lesson. I mean... I'm clamming it up. Shut it down, kids. Shut it down. Shut it down. (laughs) (laughs) So perfect. I mean, it's hard to... Yeah, you can't really even attempt Adele or Whitney Houston. Who are the other ones you can't attempt? Celine Dion. Yeah, I couldn't... Yeah. Andrea Bocelli. Well... Conte Partiro. Dre, that sounded great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I forgot that you've got such a nice baritone. <laughs> I really do. Hence the name Dre. <laughs> Dre. I'm Andrew today. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. Well, this world's been a bit of a hubbub lately. It we made sure a big, has. big announcement in our life. Yes. You guys know me as a good person, but the world will soon know me as a bad Mormon. That's right. You heard it here on the podcast last, folks. I just announced it's, a book. It's so exciting. I have been like, well, first of all, I can't wait to read it. Well, you've lived it. I have lived it, but also read it. I am, I think I'm most excited for the audiobook. Yes. Right? As am I. It's going to be so great. I'm so excited. And I was, I've been like thinking deeply about recording it. Okay, good. And it's just been so cool to like watch you go through this process. And I remember when you first were approached about um, writing a book, it was like, I was just like, is this real life? I know. Like, like how dream of all dreams. It's so cool because it really is like, that is like, would, That's for the people format, who don't, yeah, yeah people who don't really know Heather, like that is absolutely the medium that you would prefer. That's right, folks. I'm not just an eater. I'm a reader, too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like before TV, before, I mean, maybe music. I would say mm, music and and, yeah. the, and the written word. But but books before music, because I didn't have access to okay, music. Okay. And, you know, classical never speaks to your soul the way David Ramirez does. <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> I got nothing but... Okay. Yeah, so... Anyway, I've, I'm just so excited. I think it's going to be so great. But because of this book, like I feel like we've been talking about all aspects of, of you know, just the whole process. The of whole it. process of yeah. writing a book is because you're you have your words in your head and like the construct of your life, and it seems to flow. But then when you realize that other people are going to be reading it, 
you know, it really, you really do bleed on the page. And it's been total therapy for me to write all this stuff down and to go back yeah. and to process because so much of my faith crisis with the Mormon church has been, um, I would say on hyperspeed and been absolutely propelled because I'm on this television show. So like faith crisis happens slowly. Like, you know, how the they, how the, um, the, <laughs> the fault in our stars, she says how they fall in love. It was slowly, but all at once or gradually, but all at once, yeah. you know, like that's mm-hmm. how it really does feel, you know? Yeah. I guess John DeLynn says it's, is, is he the one that came up with the term when your shelf breaks? I don't know if he did. It's like just a, common for and is it just in, for mormonism or is it for any faith i haven't crisis? really heard it in other faiths but i also don't know much about other religious faith crises but like i know like a lot of ex-mormons refer to the shelf a lot and it's yeah. when you have a shelf and you stack too many things on it and then it collapses so because so you could be stacking books forever but the shelf's still sturdy and mm-hmm. then you put that final leaflet on yeah. and it just everything <laughs> crumbles and that's Really what it does feel like. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my shelf is dangling by a dowel, an Ikea <laughs> tiny dowel. Um, and there are no books left on it because they all slip to the ground. But it's, um, it is like a gradual process. So, But then when it all happens at once, I'm kind of having to sort through the rubble. Yeah. You know, and look totally. for the jewels that are still there, but also um, reconstruct kind of how I got here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been therapeutic for sure. I know. It, I, I can't even imagine, truly. So I know that even when we did our interview for Mormon Stories, that felt like nine hours of therapy. Absolutely. And so I can't imagine like just going through your whole life and writing down your story. Like, yeah. You and know. Lucky, luckily, I've been a, a writer my whole life and recorded like meticulous journals, meticulous letters, detailed letters, yes. you know, with like just the way I lived it. And so sorting through all that stuff, it feels like it's already written itself, you know, and my Mormon stories, if you guys haven't listened to Dre and I on John DeLynn's Mormon stories podcast, um, that really was the catalyst for the book because Mm. talking through it Mm -hmm. from A to Z and having it, having it reach so many people and be so relatable Mm -hmm. to so many that, you know, I, I didn't know you were out there, folks. <laughs> I didn't know there was a silent community. Um, is kind of what they said, you know, this would be a great book. Yeah, yeah. But we're not going to need Dre. <laughs> <laughs> As per usual. You know what? I appreciate my role in this whole situation. It's I, mostly me. <laughs> I'm, I'm great support and stuff, so... Nothing would happen without Dre. Dre is my shelf now. And I just she's my elf on a shelf, except we call it Dre on a tray, and it's a new Christmas tradition coming to Target stores near you. And sometimes Dre's on the tray in the fetal position because she's feeling blue, and sometimes Dre is working out on the tray or Dre's asleep on the tray. But you can she's a poseable rubber figurine. We wanted to, you know yeah copyright issues totally. with elf on a shelf and trademark infringement and whatnot. But yeah, Dre on a tray. I. Um, urge you all to buy her. She's similar to Gumby, but obviously more attractive with boobs and a little bit of a BBL. Because well, you, you can do that. You can do that with rubber figurines. I love figurines. that. Yeah, Thank you. Welcome. Thank you're you welcome. so much. <laughs> you got your signature wry <laughs> smile and your lively eyes. Dry I think you'll be very happy. Coming soon. We tried to get that dead eye look, but it's hard because <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to recreate on a lifeless doll. <laughs> 
actually, that's just right. This lifeless doll seems to have more spirit behind the eyes than the actual Dre. Is there any way you can darken the pupils? <laughs> well, for some reason, I think that Bad Mormon is going to do a little little better than Dre on a tray, but we'll see. <laughs> well, it's, we shall you get see. a free Dre on the tray if you purchase the Heather Bad Mormon by Heather Gay. Coming to bookstores near you, independent booksellers, and Amazon so Dre can afford it and buy it. Um, <laughs> so when Dre's on her ambient shopping spree, she can buy 10 Ooh, copies of Bad Mormon. My favorite. But it will be printed July 26th. But the process start. I mean, the book's written yeah. for the most part. And it's we're just going through all the editing process now and the cover and yeah. all of that. So stay tuned, well, folks. Well, it has been a fascinating, fascinating process, and I'm super excited. I think one of the things I'm, I think will be very interesting for people to know is kind of what are your deal breakers oh, oh right now who here by show of hands watches 30 rock me me and high-fiving me. a million angels shut it down <laughs> shut it down um well in tell us a little bit about liz lemon and her book deal okay so liz lemon has a you know well she works for uh what's the show the girly show and then it's the tracy jordan and um, anyway, she's a writer, kind of an SNL type, whatever, skit show. But she ends up getting a book deal for this concept of, of deal breaking. And What certain, are the deal breakers in like your dating life? Right? right, right. And so these things in relationships that are deal breakers. And um, ugh, I just am such a huge fan of Liz Lemon. Yeah, and I, I want to read the freaking book. Because I, know, me I too. feel like her deal breakers are our deal breakers. I know, I know. And... Deal breakers can apply to so many things, you know, like there totally. are deal breakers in every decision to be made, every relationship. And it's like, I don't know, I've just been thinking about it so much, especially with like, you know, your book cover, like, what are you willing to do and not to do? Like, yeah. you know, Russian what are... splits naked, I put a big <laughs> veto on. And Although like, they're pushing for it. You know, what if you were presented with a deal breaker and what are the deal breakers in friendships? Like, you know, I... Can, can I say? Yeah. Okay. So like watching the last few episodes of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, like it's made me sad to see Angie and Lisa's friendship kind of fall by the wayside because I love Angie. Not, not for me so much, but yeah. But, it makes, but I mean, <laughs> you kidding. can tell and like, you know, Angie's kind and sweet and like what I do know of her, like I don't, I think she is probably very hurt and sad. And was that a deal breaker for Lisa being, you know, confronted? Is that a deal breaker? Because that wouldn't have been a deal breaker for me. And so it's like, if I've a been, friend asked you about a yeah, catering like, incident, hey, would that be a deal breaker? Yeah. That's did not. you call? Like, is, did you have something to do with this? That, that that's a would, conversation. That's yeah, not a deal that's breaker. That's not a deal breaker for me. But it just goes to show that everybody has their different breaking points, you know? Yeah. Because then the next episode, Lisa said that Angie was now invisible and she was going to forget her. And even right. though Angie hugged her and they seemed to have complete resolve we know that you know they didn't right so and it just it's like it's interesting because then it, are your deal breakers um going to be a prediction of like what kind of people and what kind of relationships you are going to end up having in your life you know for sure and there's so many I mean like you're saying there's deal breakers in relation like romantic relationships there's deal breakers in friendships there's deal breakers for jobs like there is some shit I won't eat yeah totally and that's the definition of a deal breaker and mm-hmm. it's almost if I bring it back to Mormonism it's almost like I'll put a lot of books on my shelf yep 
But that pamphlet on yeah. Fanny Alger, you know, <laughs> that's a deal breaker. Right, right. Because obviously I had dictionaries on my shelf. Right. But it wasn't until I had to, you know, justify those to my children. That was my deal breaker. That's the deal facing breaker. my kids. If sure. I probably had never gotten divorced or never had kids or never had gay best friends, if I had never, you know, they I read a little article. Well, there was an article in the Washington Post about um, new middle, polit- like a new modern Mormonism, okay. kind of progressive Mormonism. Okay. And if there was any ability for the church to kind of respond socially to all of the um, LGBTQIA plus communities issues right. with their doctrine and the things that they thought were doctrinally impossible, such as the family proclamation, which is absolutely in opposition of transgender, mm-hmm. homosexuality, or anything, marriage, other than, yeah. anything other than heterosexual, cisgender marriage in, this, in the temple. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Washington Post article, she stated there are a more, they're interviewing a Mormon, and she said there are basically two kinds of Mormons. This is a kind of a saying that's in the Mormon church. I had never heard it before, but I thought it was really insightful. And she said there are um, Mormons who don't support gay marriage, and then there are Mormons who know someone that's gay. Yeah. Or Mormons that don't support homosexuality and then Mormons that know who's someone who's gay. So basically like the only reason someone would be dogmatic in their beliefs is because they'd never known or loved someone that was gay. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's really true because Mormons come from a, I think most come from a place of love, like as as humans, but the doctrine is completely exclusive. Yeah. Yep. It's outdated. Yeah. So it's like, that is a was a deal breaker for me. Sure, yeah. In terms of a high demand religion, like there's some shit I won't eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you get to that point, you really you feel it. You know it. It's like so clear. Like for Liz Lemon, it's if the guy you're dating has a job where he has to wear his name <laughs> on a, on his shirt. Uh huh. Deal breaker for her. Deal breaker. Yeah. Shut it down. <laughs> um, but I don't. I. I don't know what my deal breakers are. I think there's some that are like small in terms uh-huh. of friendship and then some that are, um, you know, more macro, micro deal breakers and macro deal breakers. Yeah. Like, yeah. could you be in a relationship with mixed faith? Like, could you marry someone that was Orthodox J- Jewish? Um, could I? Yeah, I think I could. I, because I, I feel like I was in a mixed faith ish marriage for a long time and that's not what ended it you know what I mean it definitely didn't make anything easier so did you ever did you ever feel pressure just to be Mormon to make things easy no um I felt pressure to keep my mouth shut to make things easy but not necessarily to like believe a certain way you know what I mean but just behave a certain way yeah yeah and just keep my opinions to myself and it's tough when it comes to kids. That's the that's the thing. It's like if it's important um, for you know, for at least for me, it is. It's important for me that my kids are taught the beliefs that I hold, um, and that you're honest with them when they ask you direct questions. Sure, and you yeah. Don't kind of push religious values on them just for the sake of tradition or conformity. Yes, but I I think, but I also, of course, like if my partner. Uh, you know, if the father wanted them to be taught the things that he was taught, if we didn't think the same things, that would be really tough. 
you know, that, that would be tough, but I think people do it and navigate it all the time. Yeah. And so I don't, so for me, I don't think it's a deal breaker. I think it would be a stumbling block for sure, but I can understand why it would be a deal breaker for some people, especially in a high demand religion. If you believe that the only way for your family to truly be together is to get married in the temple, that would be maybe a deal breaker. Yeah. If, if your spouse couldn't join you in the temple, you know? Or if like your spouse didn't care what you could go to church, but he was going to have beer in the fridge. Like for some, that might be like a deal breaker. And Mm -hmm. to uh, to someone not in a high demand religion, they'd be like, like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like, so you don't like mayonnaise. Can I have mayonnaise? You know, like it's just something, it seems innocuous. Right. Um, I think porn is another one of those things. It's like such a deal breaker for some people and for others, it just doesn't, like for me, it's kind of, it's not a big deal to yeah, me. Not a big deal I don't to me feel threatened, and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I'm just kind of like, oh, that's not real. So fine, whatever. But I think it also just depends on the couple. It depends on the people that we're talking about. You know, addiction is real, and I know that like some people do have that, and that would be hard, I guess. You know, but well, yeah, I think that's like micro and macro, like micro deal breakers like if he looks at porn I'm not dating him but the macro is if he's absolutely addicted to any behavior sure uh-huh other than loving me <laughs> then I'm not interested yeah but what's fascinating is hearing you say like you never felt pressure to believe a certain way so that wasn't a deal breaker but to keep your mouth shut you did feel that way yeah guess what that That's was the, the deal, deal breaker, breaker. yeah oh. <laughs> Well, that's all we got, folks. Okay? Remember, life is short by the lips. And no, but that's true. That's yeah. the deal breaker. Like, I don't, and, and this is what's fascinating. If you had asked me my deal breakers 20 years ago, uh-huh. if they said, well, he loves you and everything about you, but he just doesn't want you to ever be vocal about your opinions, I might think, well, I can handle that. Totally. You know? Yeah. Because, oh, I get it. He doesn't want contention mm-hmm. in the home. Mm-hmm. It's unnecessary. I know he loves me. We don't have to talk politics or we don't have to talk deep beliefs. We can talk about everything else. Yeah. And mostly we can talk about how much we love each other because that's the cloud you're in. Yes. Yes. And it's like, well, I love you, but I love you. <laughs> you know? And I would have considered that not a deal breaker. And now it's like the second you said that my whole body like. Yeah. You had a physical reaction. Dried yeah. up like a raisin. <laughs> that's um and what are your deal breakers for friendship you know that is that has been the one that's hardest for me to really think of because I just think that what is so big that a friendship like a true friendship can't overcome which sounds silly because it's like you like it was much easier for me to think of like, what are the deal breakers in like a marriage? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think that friendships you can have different levels of. And like for me, I guess, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know what. Well, this is an easier way to look at it because I think as women and just going on a limb here, we, we don't end friendships. We ghost a little bit or we, we distance or we build our lives up with, stump like barriers you know speed bumps so that we're not constantly spending time with those friends but you don't we don't like say I'm gonna have to break up this friendship you know because we don't end it definitively forever like we even with housewives we saw Angie and Lisa hug and they're still on group activities together and they're in the same social circle so like they're not 
engaging, but they've never had a formal breakup where they've defined why their relationship went wrong, you know? Yeah. I mean, theirs is pretty cut and dry, but for example, something that would make me distance myself in a friendship is neediness. Like Mm -hmm. I I cannot function in a friendship if my friends are needy. Yeah. Because I'm a backseat friend. I'm a Call me when you need me. Yeah. Call me when you want someone to hang out with. We don't have to talk every day. We don't have to totally. prelude to it. We don't have to wink in the hallways. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we are friends and yeah. you have to be confident in that friendship and live in that space. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Knowing you, Heather, like you feel safest with the people that you know you don't have to take care of. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I've, I haven't talked to her in 10 years. I could call her tomorrow yeah. and she'd be on a plane in three hours. Totally. And that's the type of friend I am. If like... A friend I haven't talked to in 10 years said, I need you. I'd be like, done. What time? Yeah. You know? Completely. Oh, and we all have those friends. Like, I mean, I'm just specifically thinking of like Kat and Beth. Like, I feel like I haven't seen either of them for like months. But like, if either of them called me right the second, like in a heartbeat, I would be there and vice versa. I know they would be there for me too. And it's like, those are the friendships I deeply, deeply appreciate too, where it's like, we don't have to check in all the time constantly. And like, because there's no neediness. I think you're absolutely right. Like I resonate with that a ton. And I think it probably could bleed into a relationship too, but with friendship for sure, because we're too old and too busy to fill each other's time with, you know, Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm clear glass decorative marbles yeah which is how I look like, <laughs> like look at it, honestly like call yeah. me if you need water or food I'm not to, I'm not a decorative friend totally like yeah. let's let's just cherish the time we have together and we can call each other out of the blue and have a three-hour conversation but it's not a daily thing yeah and I hate when friends are like I haven't even heard from you well I exactly yeah that's good. That means because we haven't you're fought. Safe. You, and you're safe. I can I can be myself. Yeah. Well, I love, um, so Glennon Doyle at her wedding, I think said something like, I want everybody to look next to your each other, whatever, like look to your left, look to your right. Um, just know that I have not responded to a text from any of you. Yeah, you're looking in the eyes of someone yeah. who I've also never responded <laughs> to their text at some point. Yet here you are at my wedding. Yeah. And so please know that if you are here, if you are at my wedding... Even though I have never responded to a text and I don't pick up your phone calls, I it's because I can't. It's because I can't. And just please know that I love you. And I loved that. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so relatable. Yeah, you know? that's kind of the defining factor. And like, if you are the type of person that needs that, that's a deal breaker. Totally. That's, and do you think that that's what ends friendships and that's what ends um, relationships? Like if you have different deal breakers like for me deal breaker is neediness and for someone else a deal breaker might be not responding to texts yeah I think it has to do with your needs yeah you know like there are some you know people in friendship that need that you know that validation that communication that openness and other you know that, that don't and that's okay it just means that you might not be a good friend for them you know Right. Or, you know, close friend. But it's also interesting to think like maybe that's what makes enduring relationships last is when you have the same deal breakers. Like I think probably you and I have the same deal breakers in friendship. Yeah, I think so And that's why you're not alone. (laughs) Say it one more time. You're not alone. Um, Yeah. And you've got a friend in me. <laughs> That's the thing, though. It's like if I don't hear, if I text you and you don't text me until like two days later, I'm not sweating <laughs> it. You know what I mean? That was my horse laugh. 
I'm also, that's another deal breaker. If she has a horse laugh or a snort. <laughs> no, but if it's an emergency, I'm going to call you. You know this. Yeah. But when they call, we're just like, we know that we don't call unless it's an emergency. Yeah, unless like we have to answer. I know, totally. Um, okay, but what about like gossiping? Like if you heard that a friend was deal like, breaker. Is that a deal breaker? Deal breaker. I find it so small-minded, so petty, and I end up being a total bitch to them. Like I had a friend um, I was talking to the other day who I is a, a friend I would hide a body for, yeah. which I'm famous for saying. I hide a lot of bodies. <laughs> Love to death, but like she always knows the top line pettiness or drama. And I just said, I don't want to hear it. I said, and I'm like, she kept, said, but no, I'm not saying it about it. I literally, I'm not going to even entertain the sentence. And I had to like get increasingly agitated. And it's not because of holier than thou, or I'm trying to virtue signature. I just physically don't want to even hear her say that about someone that I even remotely associate right. with or like. Right. Because the worst thing is for them to look you in the eyes and like encase this passive aggressive agenda to say something pretty mean or revealing mm-hmm. but clouded and I'm just worried and I'm just saying you you what have you noticed I'm just worried or like uh-huh. I got I, message received stop I don't want to see you in that light and I don't want to have this conversation right and I literally it was funny because I thought you're being a bitch like in my mind I thought just chill out just let her say it she desperately wants to tell you this you yeah. know yeah but I couldn't tolerate yeah. it and it wasn't even a close a friend it was like a, a random person that I just have respect for yeah so that's a Deal okay. break. Do not come to me with your petty bullshit. Okay, how about... It makes me feel small. How about talking shit about you? I don't care. Okay. I can take Th- it. Yeah, I'm. that's not a deal breaker for me <laughs> I mean, don't... Is, I mean, would I go on TV if I cared if people talk shit about me? No. I mean, would you publicly bleed on screen and go, you know what I mean? And talk about your deepest, darkest realities. No. If you Because people are going to talk shit. Like, they're going to talk shit if you're yeah. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. They talk shit on you if you are... Whitney, I mean, nobody, Whitney Houston, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they talk, totally. no one is impervious to social attack and mm-hmm. no one is impervious to criticism. So yeah, I don't, I, I like, make fun of me, tease me as long as it's funny. Yeah. Have it, you know, you can't just. Have a sense of humor. Yeah. Um, okay. What about betraying a confidence? Like if I, you told me something, a secret and I told someone. That would just make me put you in a different category, but it's not a total deal breaker because I live by the rule, never trust someone with a secret that you don't trust yourself with. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I, yeah, that yeah, you yeah. can't even keep yourself. So never trust someone else with a secret that you can't even keep yourself. Okay. So if I'm telling you a secret, then... See, and this is what I mean by like, it's, I think with friendship, you can like set certain boundaries. Like you know that that's your one friend that you don't, Tell her. Yeah, don't tell her anything. The secrets, or and that's you their know, own whatever. punishment, right? Yeah. Like, go ahead. You can. I'm not going to hold you to Falcon and the Snowman standards of espionage. Sure. But I will learn, and I will never confide in you again. And that sucks because having friendships where you trust each other and confide in each other, right? Just about personal things. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But if I had a secret about someone else and I couldn't keep it, and I shared it with you, and then you revealed that yes yeah I would know to never share a secret with you again but I'd still mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a deal breaker I just would never share a secret with you again yeah oh, note to self I better make some phone calls just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> remember I thought Heather was like low-key cool with gossip <laughs> how about 
about you? Well, how do you feel? I about mean, it? I feel pretty much the same way that you do. Like I'm all about the boundaries, like, and having, that was one thing that I did in therapy when I first started is he was like, I want you to draw your circle. And that's like, these are the people that would bury a body. You know, these are the people you're calling in the middle of the night if you have an emergency. And, you know, then here are the other friends. And these are the friends that you love, that you, you know, want to spend time with or whatever, but you're maybe not going to share all of those intimate things with. And then there's another tier of people. And then, you know, out from there. And which tier am I in? Well, obviously inner circle. How, how, how many people in that inner circle? <laughs> just, just you, <laughs> just you. <laughs> No, but it's like, I, I think it's it's all about boundaries. I think there are less deal breakers when you are able to set boundaries, you know? For sure. And I think that this is not about deal breakers, but more just about you and me, since we're so interested. We love talking about ourselves. <laughs> like, I was changing the thing in my mind. Do we ever talk about other people? And I was like, no, because we're constantly talking about ourselves. <laughs> we're so both so introspective that like we don't we don't have the energy or bandwidth to discuss right. other people's lives. Totally. <laughs> totally. We have enough Plus, going who has on more right interesting here. lives than us, honestly. <laughs> but um, when we have hit, like, not bumps, but just conflicts in our friendship, like, the deal breaker would be us not being able to communicate through it. But once yeah. we communicate through it, it's like, it just clicks and it, it totally decharges the situation. Yeah. Don't you think? Absolutely, yeah. Like, I'm thinking about that time when I just, like, was you know, absolutely yelling about something at the beauty lab. And you're like, you kept saying, I'm sorry. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> Stop saying if sorry. If you say I'm sorry one more time, I'm like, it's not me. It's, it's I, I, you're in my safe place to be like, we have to fix this. We have to fix this. We have to fix right, this. Right. And it's not like, remember, do you remember that you totally, conversation? No, I loved it because it clicked. I was like, oh, she's not, I don't need to. Because what did I say to you? That I, you were like, you don't need to say sorry. I just need to be able to tell you when I we have to change something, right? And have it you not know? be personal. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't. Yeah. And the first thing I had to change is you're fired. So don't take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like just clarifying what your needs are, mm-hmm. you can communicate. Th- so that would, but that would be a perfect example of a deal breaker. Is like someone that takes everything personally. Uh huh. Guess what? Sometimes I'm just late. And in a hurry. Right. And I'm not going to do the whole song and dance, like the air kiss, you know? Yeah. I think of that wedding, the chicken dance from the wedding, like, like every yes. time, you know, you leave an event. <laughs> I love, I'm a big fan of a French exit. Oh, same. Big, big same. fan. And that might be a deal breaker for my wonderful hostess friends. Mm-hmm. Like, she leave again she without, without saying, saying goodbye. goodbye. I know. I think, yeah, I'm because I, I'm, I'm trying to think of friendships that have ended and I can really only think of two, and both were ended by the other friend. Hmm. It wasn't like something like I. It wasn't because, and I would be friends with both of them today. You know. Yeah, I have a friendship like that. That I, I we're still we still talk, but um, there was a definite break in our friendship, and it was on her end. She just said she needed a break from me. Yeah, <laughs> which I, I understood. I, quite frankly, I I'm like I would love I a break from myself. <laughs> I could use a break from myself too. But then I have friendships that have ended because I've had boundaries, you know? Yeah. And I think one of my big things is not neediness, but loyalty, you know? Yeah. Like if I can't trust someone to defend me, rain or shine. Yeah. Have your back. They can talk shit, but they have to defend me, you know? And if people aren't sure where they stand with me and they feel comfortable enough to 
disparage me with that person, then that person hasn't made it clear how they really feel about me. Right. And that's just not, that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I'm willing to hide a body for you, Mm -hmm. I don't care if you make fun of me and tease me, but you, they need to know where they, I stand in your life. Yeah. 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 But I don't think, I don't think anyone ever makes fun of me because I'm practically perfect in every way. (laughs) Just Just like (laughs) Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Yep. All right. Well, we got to go, mm. but, um, ah, you're just, the tip is consider your deal breakers and how you can set boundaries so that those, so that you don't have to face those deal breakers, yeah. right? Build in, um, build in sandbags around your deal breakers so that you don't find yourself one book away from your shelf breaking. That's right. And go and watch yourself an episode of 30 rock just for old time's sake. Just for old time's sake. And go watch yourself episode <laughs> Episode four, season five of Sex in the City, when Carrie has to figure out how to do her book cover yep. shoot. Cover Girl is the name of the episode. Yeah, I'm living that. And you know what? Just like, just keep watching from there. <laughs> That's what I did all weekend. And it's been If you glorious. loved Sex in the City when you were 20, you'd love it oh my gosh. so much and see, more I have when you're not 40. watched it since like the late, early 2000s, you know? Yeah, 20 and years ago. I'm dying. It's so good. It still holds up. I know, so it's, congrats, and it's so much more poignant Sex now. Sex in the City. So much more poignant. And that's our tip. Yep. Watch Sex in the City. You know, work on your deal breakers. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Set boundaries. Be Lab a healthy loves person. You. And remember. Life is short. By the lips. <gasps>